0: Welcome to the new little life podcast. My name is Allison. I'm a lactation consultant, a breast pump expert, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the podcast, we talk with real moms and experts about breastfeeding and pumping. This podcast is designed to help you feel supported by other moms who are doing exactly what you're doing to get tips and tricks on breastfeeding and learn how to efficiently navigate pumping while going back to work. All right, here we go again, another episode in season two. I am loving this season. We're really, really focusing on working moms. So we've talked to a lot of working moms specifically about their experiences and their journeys and what has helped them. We've also talked to a couple of professionals who work with working moms or who have tips and ideas on on what you can do to make your life easier. And today we have another one that's a little bit of both, which is honestly my favorite because I think so many times working moms realize how hard this is especially when you're pumping at work and trying to manage all of the new things in your life that often they find careers helping other moms do it and not reinventing the wheel is one of the best things you could do for yourself so um i'm really excited to talk to caitlin today both her and i have programs to help you be a working mom. Mine is pumping for working moms. And we specifically focus on making pumping at work work. We like to pump faster and more efficiently and get the milk out that is already there that you've already established by breastfeeding and make it more efficient. And Caitlin Denning, she is a coach for busy working moms who are tired of feeling like life is just one long to-do list. As a full-time working mom of three young children, ages eight, six, and four, Caitlin understands what it's like to juggle all of the different roles and responsibilities as a mom, professional, and a woman. As a coach, she helps moms feel, well, she helps women feel confident in their identity as a working mom, figure out their priorities in life, and make the most of their time so they can be more present with their family in their work and their lives. Caitlin lives with her family in Cincinnati, Ohio. And while her me time doesn't look at the same as it did before kids, she still finds time to read, garden, work out and enjoy a hot cup of coffee. And I'm really excited to see how she does all that. Welcome to the podcast, Caitlin.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I can't wait to talk all things working mom life and
0: pumping at work. We were just chatting before we hit record and we have so much in common. And We're helping like a lot of the same people. So I'm really excited to hear kind of your take on on what you feel working moms need and how you help them. So why don't we just start, can you just give us like your story? Start at the beginning, you have three kids. What was that like as a first time mom in the corporate world? Yeah, I will
1: say I definitely was one of those moms who went out on maternity leave and knew I wanted to return to work. And I tell this story a lot that my oldest, who's now eight, was not, um, he didn't sleep well, he was colicky, right? And I was clueless. I had no idea what I was doing. And then maternity leave felt really hard. And, and so I was looking forward to going back to work. And I and I did work a corporate job. I was in kind of the ed tech software space. I returned in a sales role. I was so excited to get back to work. Felt like, oh. This is the space where I know who I am and how to do things. And I feel really confident and competent here. And I got back to work. And as I'm sure so many of your listeners probably have experienced as well, I was not the same. My life was not the same. It felt like it completely turned upside down. And yeah, so I was like, how do I do this? How, how? do I spend my time? How do I get things done and, and feel productive at work and go home and be the mom that I want to be um, and and be present in both of those spaces? And so it turned into this, you know, exploration of how to do that. And we were chatting before as well that What is my business today started as a blog where I explored and experimented with a lot of strategies and tips and tools on how to manage time and and be a working mom and has evolved today into a coaching practice and two more kids later, uh, helping and supporting other working moms who are feeling like they are so stretched thin and don't have the time for all of the things that they need to do, let alone anything that they want to do. And so how do we make all of those pieces of all of these identities and responsibilities fit together to work for you?
0: What was your schedule like in the corporate world? Like, were were you working 40 hours a week? What were your days like? How did you fit that in, especially as a first-time mom? Because I know that it gets a little easier. Well, you're more experienced with the more kids you have. You're more experienced. Not easier, I shouldn't say. But what was your work day and life like? Yeah,
1: I worked a traditional nine to five. I think actually my hours were eight to five. Um, and I was in the office. You know, this was pre uh, remote work life. I think I negotiated maybe a year in or so to work one day a week at home, which felt like such a luxury um, I had a 30 minute commute on both sides. So it was a long day. And as a first time mom, my child went to an at home daycare, uh, a woman in our neighborhood who watched a number of children in the neighborhood as well. And I was so fortunate to find her. But yeah, it was a long, it was a long day. Um, and I will share later if it's helpful for anyone. I can't tell you the number of times I pump during that 30-minute commute
0: to and from work to Mm -hmm. save myself some time at the office. It's a great idea, and having a pump that can do that. I mean, just like multitasking to the max. I love it. (laughs) So,
1: Yeah, and it's funny when you say it doesn't necessarily get easier with more kids. You just have more experience. I think, you know, with every child, I got more comfortable with just mm-hmm. walking out of the house in the morning with my, you know, what what are they called? The pump bras. Oh, the phalanges. Like, yeah. On. I would just have it oh, all gosh, yeah. ready, you know, and maybe a little jacket or scarf thrown over myself, but it was like, whatever, this is what I got to do.
0: I remember the same thing as a first time mom, even as a nurse, I was a CLC at that point. And I had training, but still I was a little self-conscious. I don't remember why. And by the second, even third, I'm like, okay, we're just gonna do what we gotta do. I don't really care.
1: I wasn't ever yeah, like you're,
0: you're. out there, nipples ablazing, blazing like, you know? But if my baby was hungry, I just would fit him. If I had to pump, it's just like, sorry, just gonna pump.
1: Yeah. I mean, those semi-drivers on the highway when I'm driving to work, who- Those
0: are the worst. Have they have that view. so much higher and can see in you your car. just wave. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many times they're talking about that on their radios like, "Oh, just passed another one, guys." <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh Who my cares? gosh. Was there anything you found in your in all three of your experiences that kind of helped you navigate pumping in the workplace a little easier?
1: Mm. I well, I was very fortunate. There was a colleague of mine who had a baby maybe 6 months before me and this is where i think your program would have been so helpful because i had so many questions about just the logistics what do i need to pack in my pump bag what are the little you know tools or things that i should have that will make this easier for myself and you know i think that's one thing if you have anyone in your life or you have this program that that you run that that teaches moms how to do that successfully. I just asked her, Hey, can you, can I come into the mom's room with you? And can you show me how you do this? That's awesome. Like from point A to point Z, what are all of the things? And, and of course you figure out what works for you, but to have that visual of the logistics and how this actually works was so helpful. Um, And so anywhere that you can find that information ahead of time to set expectations, I think is key.
0: I love that. Not very many people have someone that is doing what they're doing right now that they can ask questions to. I'm so glad that you had someone like that.
1: Yeah, I was so lucky. Um, Absolutely.
0: It's cool. I... Sometimes I caution like people going on social media or even like finding blogs and stuff and planning everything that way, because sometimes you get one person's view or like, like you said, you kind of have to figure out what works for you. So anytime you're talking with someone, if you're like, okay, that's great. It's not like gold though. Everybody does things a little bit differently. So, um, but you have to have some instruction. You have to have someone to help you through this. I mean, it is just not plug and play when you can when it comes to pumping.
1: Yes, that's such a great reminder and I think for your work, for my work, it's just great to have examples of what is possible or how you could do things, but it's not the only way. There are a million ways and what if you view that tip or how someone does something as a starting point? I'm going to try this and then I'm going to tweak it and I'm going to evolve and I'm going to figure out based on feedback and the data that I'm collecting as I experience this to then make changes that make it work for me.
0: I feel I remember that in every part of motherhood. I remember pregnant with my first one and people would tell me about their births, especially the horror stories and stuff. And I just, I appreciated it, but also you have to separate that and that your experience is your experience for the pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, working life, how you schedule your life, what planner system you use, how you do your laundry. I mean, everything you got to kind of can make your own there. So what was it like pumping in the corporate world for you? I feel like we've talked about this, just kind of like hit on it a couple of times in previous episodes, but I'd love to really dive into that. What, what are some of the problems that we have pumping in corporate life?
1: I think I think one of the things is, depending on your culture at work, it's something that we almost feel a little embarrassed to talk about or to say anything about. Yeah, totally. Right? It's like you sneak off to wherever you pump at your workplace, you know, or there's this misunderstanding about if you do have a mom's room, like, what, what are you doing there? I'll never forget the time someone made a comment about how nice it would be to go in there and take naps.
0: Oh my As gosh. If that yes.
1: Or what I was doing, right? Or that yeah, I need access to a fridge, right? When you go to a hotel and there's no little fridge in your room calling down, "Hey, where I need a fridge? Where can I put this?" Just like basic requests and asks that that we can make those and and we can say, this is what I need to go do. This is a need that I have. And to just kind of normalize that that conversation in the same way that you use the restroom or you need food to eat or you need a water bottle because you're thirsty, that, that we can talk about it and we don't have to be embarrassed about it, but also that the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it.
0: I know. Did you ever run into any um, um, coworkers, you know, male or female or anything that just had no clue or Maybe give you a hard time. I don't know. I feel like this comes up more than we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think so, so many that are just clueless. They just, it's nothing that crosses their field of awareness. Um, I traveled for work, not all the time, but, you know, maybe once a month, once every month, depending on the season. And, and I'll never forget doing a, a road trip. It was about a four-hour road trip with some colleagues who happened to all be men and I was pumping at the time, and we needed to stop for dinner. And, you know, I just said, hey, guys, I need 20 minutes in the car. Can you go in and grab food? And would someone order me, you know, XYZ for my dinner? And they just kind of like, look at me, and I'm like, I got to pump. Right? And I just sit in the back seat and pump and do what I need to do. And 20 minutes later, they kind of Give me a wave from the window. Like, is it okay to re-enter? And I'm like, yeah. come on back. I'm all done, and it's just like, yeah. I I remember it was, it was uncomfortable. You know, oh my gosh, what are they going to think? But at the same time, it's it's also just what I need to do.
0: Yeah, and I think it goes into that education piece of when you talk about it and you normalize it. The more we hear about it, the more normal it seems. And I think we're seeing that kind of with breastfeeding. Now we had that kind of the formula, the height of formula was, you know, 20, 30 years ago when like my parents were feeding babies and we started to see breastfeeding more and more often. And I feel like now it's kind of just one of those things. If you hear that news story about someone who said something mean to a breastfeeding mom, like almost everybody is on the breastfeeding mom's side, you know, which was not the case 15 years ago. And so I think now is the time for pumping when we just need to talk about it more. And a lot of your male coworkers may have never experienced, I mean, it's almost always ignorance. It's just a lack of understanding. They've never been exposed to that. And so you exposing them and in a way that's not exposing yourself, obviously, but just (laughs) telling them (laughs) this is life. This is, I'm lactating. I'm a mom. I'm feeding my baby. And this is what I have to do. These thoughts never crossed their mind. They wouldn't have said, "Oh, what, do you need a pump while we run and grab dinner?" Like they don't know. Even female no. coworkers, I've been surprised how many complaints I've got about female coworkers too. That never, I didn't breastfeed. You don't need to do that. Or I wish I could take a break every two hours. I I hear that a lot.
1: Yes, yes. I I mean, I remember too the the room that, and I was fortunate there was a room where I could go to pump, but there was no sink or, you know, access to running water in that room. And so I think the first with my first kid I felt a little embarrassed to carry my parts to the bathroom sink. Like had to walk through this open office. But and it was like, you know what? Nobody's nobody's really looking. Nobody cares. I'm just gonna walk my stuff to the sink and rinse it out and, you know, whatever. It's just like People don't know. People aren't really paying that much attention. And if it is something that you need, just ask. Just ask.
0: I think people are way more self involved than we think. Like they don't really have time to be <laughs> like worrying about your walking with your pump parts. Like they got their own stuff that they're thinking about. I don't know. Maybe that's just. Yes.
1: Me. I think another thing too for anyone in more of that corporate setting, you know, I remember reaching out when. I think it's the brand Milk Stork. Maybe there mm -hmm. are more options these days, but then I think they were pretty much the only one who would ship your milk for you. Yes. And I was traveling and I reached out to HR. And I think the first time I asked, they said, oh, like, no, we don't have a policy in place for that. And then by the time I was traveling with my second or third child, it was included you know it was something that I could expense and so I think also making those asks these are the things that I need maybe it doesn't change it for you right away but maybe it changes for you on a subsequent you know baby and return to work or for another mom you know coming down the road later on to have access to that and so what does it hurt to ask
0: I love that too not only is it for you, but for the women and mothers coming after you. And I think having a bigger perspective can help you be braver, you know? And yes, not that we have to be ashamed at all, but we get it. Like we're not saying it's not uncomfortable and, and awkward sometimes, but this isn't just about you. It takes little little changes to make big changes. And I think that's, that's where we should, hopefully we can get to, you know? And I hope we get there quicker but we just got to yes. start small.
1: I love all of that, right? It's for the future, the next generation of, of working and pumping moms. It's for working moms in general, right? To just do things a different way. It is about challenging what we believe and the stereotypes and and just asking and, and being brave and seeing where it leads.
0: And really, I mean, this goes, we've talked about community a lot in this episode, but bringing it back to this isn't, you're not alone, you know, and even if you're not directly interacting with other working moms, thinking about your experience in this way can really bring a sense of community. Like I'm not just doing this for myself, you know, works being annoying about giving me a pumping space. This isn't just for me. This is for all of us. And I can be the catalyst to change and more and help others. I think that really can bring a sense of pride in what you're doing. I know you're proud that you're pumping for your baby, but just beyond that you're also making it better and easier for other moms i don't know that feels really good to me
1: oh me too i love that so much
0: what kind of things do you help moms do in inside of your coaching program i'm curious to know a little bit more about the things you talk about in there
1: yeah well i i think that approach that we're talking about of just seeing right that there are so many ways and having that sort of flexible approach to things is the backbone of everything that I do with my clients. So I work with women, working moms, through kind of a, let's say a phased approach. And on the front end, it is really about you know, looking at your time, looking at your responsibilities, all of the things that you have to do at home and at work, and where can we streamline? How can we create a process that works for you with your situation and all of the things that you have on your plate and how much support or help you have or don't have? And how do we set realistic expectations? I think that is one of the biggest things with I mean with pumping with um just your your day, your work day, how much you're going to get done, right? What is realistic for me to expect myself to do and what is enough. And so it's thinking about to-do lists and schedules and planning and prioritizing and making faster decisions. We spend so much time and energy thinking through things and deciding and redeciding. And then, of course, it it kind of moves through once those routines and, and systems are in place and feel like, oh, wow, okay, my life is running a little bit more smoothly. I feel like I can put some of the things that I want to put on autopilot on autopilot. Then what does that open me up for, right? What are the things that I miss doing that I used to do before kids? And I want to find small easy ways to put that back into my life or, you know, I want to spend more time one-on-one with my kids or with my partner or, you know, on this big project or goal that I have, you know, I built my business while working full-time and that was how I used my extra time. Um, And so thinking, right, starting on the front end of getting everything kind of buttoned up in a way that works for you, and then expanding to, okay, what else is possible? What do I want to be doing and choosing and being intentional with my time about?
0: I think the work-life balance is always a phrase that really throws me off because I I feel like I can never get there. And I actually don't know if that's a realistic expectation as you mentioned, but I I really liked what you just said about which I have done this recently, is I just kind of cut out everything, all these extra obligations that I had said yes to. I finished them up and did not replace it. Trying to get back to this like homeostasis of this is the minimum of what I need to be doing in my life with the intention to put things back in that I actually want. I read in a book once, um, I think it was a book called Essentialism that said something to the effect of if you don't choose what's in your life, other people will choose it for you. And that's always really stuck with me. And I've experienced that a lot. Do you see that as well in in your life and with the moms that you work with?
1: Yes. And I think what you said too is made me think of something else that I, that comes up a lot in coaching is that yeah, it's it's not necessarily about a balance where the scales are equal on either side, that it's always an ebb and flow and that whatever your priorities are right now, like they're not set in stone forever. Right. And so we can shift. And just as you went through an experience where, okay, I'm going to wrap this up and now I'm going to focus here and make these my priorities. You know, you could go back to those things later if you do miss them, add them back in. Right. It's all this kind of always, um, I don't like the word juggle because it makes me think about the work-life juggle, but right. It is always this sort of give and take and replacing and experimenting and that priority shift, um, And so absolutely, but it's about for this season, for the right now, what am I choosing? And then of course, everything else is just going to fill the empty space. I think about if I, if I could really quickly, um, I think about this really so much to pumping at work too, because as I was thinking about this conversation and, Oh, what would I, what tip or strategy would I want to share? I think of that. Um, visual, I'm I'm sure you and your listeners know this, where you think about the jar, right? And when you just put all the little sand and pebbles in first, and then you go to try to put your big rocks in, they don't fit. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you put the big rocks in first, right? And then you put the little rocks and the pebbles and the sand, it, it all fits, but you have to start with the big priorities first. And I think too, I, one of the biggest challenges for me in, in more of a traditional desk job corporate environment with pumping was being strong in my boundaries around my pumping time. And so it's almost like viewing that as your big rock, right? What are the things during my workday that are most important? Okay, well, pumping, and then maybe it's you know this other project or this client work, And then everything else is going to rush in and fill the extra space, but it will fill it if you don't intentionally carve out and hold the space for what is important to you right now. And pumping also isn't forever, right? It's the Mm -hmm. season that you're in right now.
0: It's always interesting to me too to hear moms talk about what their big rocks are to continue that analogy. For some pumping moms, it is pumping and that's gold. And for some moms, it's not. And those pumping rocks are smaller because they, for whatever reason, have different priorities in their life. And so I think it's really important. Like you don't have to place these labels on the big rocks just because you think you should. Like, really think through it what are your priorities if work and your career and your goals like that are big to you then put those on the big rocks you know if giving your baby breast milk is is that top thing for you those are your big rocks and i think it's okay to to have whatever you want in your jar and and I think that's the beauty of having so many people like you and me. And we're all doing a little bit different things. If pumping is your big rocks, I'm your person. I can help you make this work. You know, if you have some other labels on the other big rocks, find someone that can help you and and do your thing. What do you see in the moms you work with? What are they, what are they prioritizing in their lives? Just kind of a general idea would be great.
1: Yeah. I love what you said so much. um, That's gold. Hold that out. Take Good. that with you, right? Like every, I love that so, so much. And I think also it's not all or nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like if pumping is a smaller rock or pebble for you, like it counts and right. It's, it's yeah. all, I love that. Um, Yeah. So bigger rocks, I think the go to and default for most of us is being a mom yeah and and work right i'm i'm supporting working moms who love that identity and that part of their life and you know have drive and ambition or want to make an impact or feel really passionate about the work that they do or they just use enjoy using that part of their brain and then i think you know if we were to say everybody has maybe three or four kind of big things. I think it's for some, you know, hobby, I tend to attract a lot of readers cause I'm, I'm a big reader, right. Or, or um, like a runner or somebody who has some sort of goal there as a priority. I see others that are, you know, prioritizing connections and friendship and having that support, right. Being in community with other people at a similar life stage of you facing similar challenges, that's a big piece as well. Um often the word fun comes up a lot with my clients wanting to just have more fun and whatever that means for you. So maybe it is a hobby, maybe that is friendship, maybe that is dates with your partner, maybe it is trips, maybe it's just like you know, laughing more and having more dance parties at home or listening to music that you love or going to concerts. It's I think that third thing kind of, you know, shifts for for different people at different stages. Um, health and wellness, I think, is another big one, right? We want to have the energy to keep up with our kids and be able to do all of the things that we're doing. And so are we taking care of ourselves? Um, those are just some ideas off the or examples off the top of my head.
0: It's so hard because I feel like there's so many big rocks that you can have in your life. And all like all, most of the ones you just said, except for the super extroverted ones, because I do tend to be more introverted, resonate with me. And I'm like, how do I fit all of these big rocks in my life? I mean, how many, priority is a, is a singular word. Priorities is probably not like the best, but how many, how many of these things can you realistically fit in your life as a working mom?
1: Well, what's interesting about your question too is um what if let's let's take health, like like let's take health and wellness or movement or exercise, right? As say that's a priority you really want to focus on. Your days and your schedule are already really full with work and parenting and just general household responsibilities and chores, the not so fun side of adulting. Right? There will be a season where incorporating movement or, you know, if you want to change, you know, drink more water or take vitamins or whatever your thing is, where that will feel like a big rock priority because it takes energy and focus and intention to, you know, get up and work out or go to that class that you want to take or go for a walk. But if you incorporate it in a way that fits, that feels doable What if that eventually becomes just a part of your days or your weeks and how you do life and who you are so that, yes, it's a priority, but it doesn't take the energy of like a new thing that you're trying to establish and build. So I have a client, for example, who wanted to get back into running because it makes her feel alive. Right. It's like that thing that she does just for her and does a lot of trail running. And at first training for that first race, it did take a lot of effort to, you know, fit that into her schedule and get out the door. But the more she did it, she she would go for anyone curious. I love the behind the scenes logistics. She would go at lunch. So she works from oh, home. Cool. Yeah. Right. Takes her kids to daycare and school and then right would throw on her running clothes and go on out at lunch, come back, clean up from the neck up, right? So she could do her calls in the afternoon and look presentable. And soon that just became a part of the rhythm of her days. And sure, there were days where she would have to skip it because something got put on her calendar. But for the majority of the time, this was her time. And and so it took less effort. She ran her first race, right? She got back out and it was like, oh, my God, I love this. I feel so good. And now she's shifting her focus to other things, right? She's thinking about her marriage. She's thinking about her friendships and community that she's building because running is just now a part of what she does.
0: I love that kind of putting it more on the brain space part of it and that some of these big brain space tasks and priorities in your life can become smaller. I think drinking water is a perfect one. If you are not drinking water and you're trying to focus on that, that's a big brain space thing, although it's a little thing. Eventually it will just become part of your life and move down. It's still a prior It's still in there. Like it's good, but we have bigger things to think about with our brain now. And we don't have to give up. We don't have to always trade out the big rocks for other big rocks we can kind of come smaller and still be in our lives. I love that.
1: Yeah, that's such a great distinction. If your priority is something that you spend time doing, right? Like if you drink water, you're taking action. You're showing that drinking water is a priority for me, but it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't take up energy and brain space and it can just shrink. So good. This analogy is working for us. I know we're just going
0: to like keep going (laughs) with it because I'm loving it. But I think the thing that I struggle with most as a working mom are the should rocks. Like The ones that are just the shoulds, like I should be doing that, I should be doing that. Maybe not necessarily because I want to or I love it. And maybe not even because I have to, but just because I should. And I think that's that's an area that I personally struggle with is really looking at something. Does this have to be done? Do I want to do this? Why am I doing this?
1: Mm, Yeah, I mean, you're not alone. No, I hope not. Myself included, we all have those. And yeah, all you can do is notice that, right? And ask yourself if that's really true, right? Is it? Should I be doing this? Says who? Says who? And a lot of times we do end up trying to do the thing and also not being wrong for that and just noticing on the back end, right? Did I enjoy that? Do I want to do that again? Now I know.
0: Is there anything that you find that moms tend to, um, pull back on because they now have more priorities than they used to. When you have a baby, your life just quadruples in things that you're required to do. Um, Is there anything that you're seeing a lot that just kind of has to go to the wayside a little bit? I'm kind of hoping that you say housework because that's my thing that usually gets thrown (laughs) to the end of the pile. Um, It's probably different for everybody, but what are you seeing that like something's gotta give?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a redefining of what clean or tidy or organized means to you after you add a baby or two or more to the mix, right? And what would have been the standard when you had all the time to keep your house looking a certain way changes. So, for sure, I see a lot of that. I am seeing, and I'm encouraged by more outsourcing right? Of, Hey, I can't do it all. And if I have a Saturday where I'm not working, do I want to spend my time, you know, cleaning the bathroom and sweeping the floors and changing the sheets? Or do I want to spend that time with my family? And if I have the resources to do that, great. If not, how do I make it easy? And how do I lower my expectations of what enough is? I think another big one and, and, um, Makes me a little sad, but I also I experienced this myself and I don't know about you is, you know, pulling back a little bit on some of the uh community, friendship, you know, social aspect that maybe was a priority or something you just had more time for before kids. And and I think, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about with my clients are, you know, how are the ways that you can still stay connected that don't require right this huge effort to leave the house and, and figure out how to do that. But I think those are the two that, that come to mind for me.
0: Yeah, I really resonate with both of those. I, and again, it just highlights to me the the differences in people. I, as an, ext- an introvert, I don't really have a, a huge social need. So dropping that part of my life actually was not a big deal for me. But there are other moms especially with young young kids that really struggle with that and if you need social interaction and connecting with people and being out to energize you you got to find a way to do it and i think i think it's harder for moms like that because having a baby does kind of force you to be home and in the depths of baby needs a lot more and i think that can be harder for someone that does need those social interactions to just stay happy you know
1: yeah and so for someone like that right it's letting go of something else choosing that you know maybe the hobby piece or the workout piece or i don't know whatever the other options are maybe those go before you let go of of having a social outlet and and friendships
0: you mentioned something else about just being in the season that you're in and i and someone told me that early on and i've remembered that I don't always love the season that i'm in but just recognizing that life does kind of ebb and flow like that there to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven i think is the scripture if we get into that but this is working motherhood to a t when you are postpartum in that first year working out and exercising looks different and maybe not even is in your life at all and that's okay you know
1: Yes. And I think, I, I don't know about your experience, but if someone had said that or reminded me that this was just a season after I had my first, when you don't have that experience of knowing that you will get to the other side.
0: You're not going to be waking <laughs> up every two hours forever. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is why like a second and you know, I have a third, you do as well, mm-hmm. that you, you know that, you've experienced it, you're like, okay, I know I will do that. But when you are with that first especially, it does feel like forever. And so maybe you hear us saying that and that's not super helpful to you as well. Um, I think one of the things that really helped me was each day where I was tired and you know, going back to work and waking up multiple times at night and trying to fit all of these things together that every day I would remind myself that I'm doing it, right? It feels like I'm not, but every day I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to work. I'm keeping my baby alive, right? We are doing it. May not be thriving right now, but we will. We will again.
0: Yeah. I just, it's such a hard... It's hard. Like that's why jobs like mine and yours exist is because this is hard and once you're once you're in it, once you've been through it, you realize how difficult that is and you know, I don't want to speak for you, but my heart goes out to these moms. I've been there and I remember how hard that was and I want to make it easier. And and I think that's why a lot of people like you and me end up in in jobs like this, you know, that like we invented because it wasn't there when we had it and we wanted it you know i would actually love to know more about what you specifically do in your business and how you support working moms
1: yeah i so i i coach and i work with working moms in a couple actually a few different ways just depending on where you are um what you're looking for i do one on one programs so Similar to therapy, if anyone is familiar with therapy, where you are, um, you know, it's your life, it's your experience, it's your challenges. We work together um, with clients who do that for six months. And so really transitioning through whatever stage of working mom life you're in from just returning to work all the way to, wow, I've been doing this for years and I can't believe it's still not working for me. Um, I run a, a group program also. Probably a, a little bit, some similarities to to your program, Pumping for Working Moms, but it is cohort-based and it is the foundational skills that I use, that my private clients use with that sort of strategy piece, the front end of figuring out how you manage your responsibilities and plan for your time and choose those big rocks and and choose them in a faster, more flexible way, right? Knowing that everything is changeable. Um and so that program is actually called Beyond Balance. We were talking about work life balance earlier. I think we move beyond that word and right Thank choosing <laughs> choosing that in terms of your time and how you spend that. Um and then I also offer offer something I call a planning intensive. So if you mm. just want to come and geek out about like time and to-do lists and planning and scheduling whether that's for work or for home, how do I make progress on a huge project. I do those sessions, which are 90 minutes and just a lot of fun, a ton of decisions, um, and a great kind of intro into coaching as well.
0: That sounds really fun. Actually, I might pop on and, and do one of those because that sounds fun. I always <laughs> I love like it. new ideas and just, I don't know, I get stuck in my rut and sometimes it's working oh. and sometimes I'm just bored <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of want to like try something new and see if it works better you know
1: yeah i love that it's like it's just constant experimentation right the number of iterations Mm -hmm. and ways that i do my life and manage the back end of my work and and my household like it's changed so many times and i love that
0: yeah it's funny i think there's a lot of uh value in community because i think being a working mom like you said that one thing that usually goes Quickly is that social and interactions, like normal interactions that aren't work or with an infant um, or with your partner or whatever. So I think having a little space where you can be with people that are kind of going through the same thing, like nobody really has time to like, you know, do the beginning friendships and like you're all just like there to jump in, you know, like no business working moms, we're similar, we're friends, like let's do this. And those are the kind of communities and spaces that I like to be in. Just people that really understand me and what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, we get it. We're right there with you.
0: Isn't that funny how that works? Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, is there, I would love just to kind of know anything that's on your mind that you think could help working moms. I mean, we're talking specifically, this whole season of my podcast is geared toward working moms. Anything that could maybe just help them or something they could try in their lives, just maybe a new idea. Um, just kind of make things flow a little bit easier.
1: Mm. Oh, so many, so many ideas. I think the biggest thing that I always come back to, and I think this was, you know, for me also what made such a huge difference in just how I felt about myself as a working mom with Mm -hmm. all of these things was I, I, I don't know if you ever have this experience, but I would sit down think about my day or or most times I probably wouldn't think about my day. I would just hit the ground running. Right. And I would have this huge list in my mind of all of these things that I was going to do that day. Work things, you know, calls I was going to make on my lunch hour or um, yeah, paperwork or emails, all of the things. And I would be like, oh yeah, it's first thing in the morning. I'm driving to work. I'm going to do 50 million things. Well, reality is, Your day happens, whether they're unexpected or not. We actually have way less time to actually make progress on those tasks, those things that we think we're going to do, than we when we realize. And you might hear me say that and be like, "Oh, that sucks. (laughs) That's such a bummer." But I actually think that's a good thing to recognize because what if you could think realistically at look realistically at your day and say, "Okay, well." between this meeting and, you know, pumping, if that's what I have to do today or my commute here and bedtime routine and making meals and all of these things, I really have like three hours to play with. All right. What do I want to do in those three hours? What's the, what are the most important things? What actually has to get done today? What do I need to make progress on to set myself up for this deadline or, you know, something else that's coming up. And doing doing less but really you're doing the same amount that you always would have you're just setting your expectations differently.
0: Mm, and so I I'll, love that, yeah.
1: I guess that's my long-winded way of saying like look at the time that you actually have and instead of expecting yourself to do all of the things expect yourself to do what's realistic with the time that you have and be good with that.
0: I love that because something that to kind of like translate this into the pumping world because this is where I live something that I learned really quickly is moms were expecting a lot of extra milk when they were pumping, especially the ones that were also breastfeeding. And I learned really quickly once I started working with working moms that this expectation was way off, that they thought just because they were pumping, they could make all this extra milk and save milk. But when you're doing both breastfeeding and pumping, your baby controls your milk supply and you're not really like pumping enough to... Increase that more than just what your baby needs. So, this term being a just enougher has kind of come out where moms will be like, oh, I'm just enougher. I'm so frustrated. That is super normal. <laughs> and I think it goes right along with what you're saying, really just having the realistic expectations of what you can actually do, what is actually feasible in your life, whether you're talking about pumping in milk or whether you're talking about fitting in your laundry or your meals or your obligations at work. Really sit. If you put a pen and paper to it, you know, 25 minutes on a Sunday afternoon, try it and see how much time do I actually have? And is this list that I've made for myself reasonable or can superwoman not even do this?
1: Yes. Okay. I was a just enougher. I didn't know that term. It's, that was totally Moms me. keep
0: calling themselves that. And I'm like, you're saying it with a bad tone. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's almost like, let's remove the word just like I'm making enough.
0: Yeah. Day to day. It's awesome. Good for you. I mean, how many times do I say that to people? I don't know.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. I love it. So if you take nothing else, right. That from, from this episode, take that there's only so much time. There's just time and what we choose to do with it. And so if you think about the time that you have, what's actually at play in your day for you to choose intentionally how you're going to use it, what are you going to choose?
0: I love that. I'm going to take that into my life too. As we're all working moms here. I mean, seriously, I mean, you and I have a little bit, you have a, your youngest is four, my youngest is two and a half, but man, it was not that long ago that we were in the early throes of, I don't know that it gets easier either. I mean, it just gets different. Exactly. It's just different. It's
1: same, same, same challenges that continue to just evolve and present themselves in new ways.
0: Isn't that crazy? Well, I'm going to put links for both, um, mine and Caitlin's program down there. I think You know, anyone listening to this podcast can probably resonate really well with at least one of those. It covers a lot of area. So you can connect with either one of us down there. We would love to chat more with you. And it was so fun to talk with you, Caitlin. I wish we could just keep going and make this like a four hour episode because I think we could just get so many gold nuggets in there, but we'll wrap it up today and we'll come back if we have more requests to connect again. So thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Let's do it again.
0: Awesome, bye.